<laughs> I know, right? Hey, good evening, everyone. John and Risotto here. Welcome to Counterparts. As always, we're very happy to have you. As always, again, I'm with George Batista. He's either on that side or that side, depending on where your screen is. But we are very happy to have you here. We got some great, great things to talk about today. Some announcements that we're making. Some uh, not. We're always going to be John and George. You know, bringing you content, interesting content, things for you to think about. Think about. Think about <laughs> things for you to think about and to uh you know get involved in the conversation and stuff and so we're always gonna be that but we're we're gonna actually start doing a, something a little bit slightly different and we want to let you know what that is and if you care we appreciate your comments because we really want to hear from you so thank you very much and uh, join us and come on back. Bum, ba, dum, bum. So the um, difference is that John is now going to be doing the show in a pair of chaps and cowboy boots, and that's it. <laughs> Let the show begin. <laughs> we will have a fans only only what is it only fans account <laughs> opening up very soon. George is uh, going to be managing it. <laughs> so I had we had a comment here uh, already. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh sean come no, on no, buddy let's think about it let's think about it ming so uh before we get started because there is a lot to cover today we are uh doing something that i think george and i had been battling with i guess and kind of finally came to a a, a decision on something that we that we're very, we're really excited about it so that's really the, the key thing for for us is that we're really excited about it so before we do that let's uh, do some uh some promo here some uh, uh advertisements of our sponsor and george take it away thank you sir so the counterpart show is brought to you by wellness resources a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality clinically formulated supplements since 1985 find out why they are one of the top choice of health conscious individuals around the world, including myself, by the way, make sure you check them out at myvitaminresource.com. And if you went to the promo code counterparts, you will get free shipping on your order. And on top of that, you will get their monthly special, which is typically 25 to 30% off, whatever their special is at, uh, I forget what uh, June special is, but we have to make sure we put that in. Oh, there. that's right. This is me. This is me, buddy. Come on now. Had, All right. So I I had June. unbelievable. John, he dropped the ball. Oh. Anyway, but if you want amazing high quality supplements and these are the supplements that I use every single day, go to myvitaminresource.com. Dot com. You know, what happened was uh, we didn't have a show last week or, or not a live show, did we? Yes, we were. Yes, we were on uh, a syndication. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a syndicated episode, one of our greatest hits. We had uh, Kenny Aronoff, I believe. Which was an amazing. I love that episode. That was one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, me too. That was such a great episode. I, I loved uh, talking to that dude. And he's got his own show right now. And he's interviewing people like Joe Baramaza and, and like some legends, you know. So it's like. And uh, yeah, yeah. I think so that he got was the cool. inspiration from us. Definitely, yeah, exactly. We inspired him. <laughs> All right, Ken, 
just you know any any anything you need just let us know we're here <laughs> um but yeah he's so great so um where do we start my gosh my gosh um my gosh. so let's go back a little bit um just on on the history of what counterparts is um first of all you know it's entertainment but it's entertainment built on passion and things that we actually love right Mm-hmm. music there's you know great conversations with people we've done great film uh interviews we've done a lot of uh um we've had actors we've just a lot of different we've had doctors we've had fitness trainers we've had uh you know uh wellness coaches and stuff we've had a lot of different types of um of guests on the show and we love it and it's, it's really fantastic so that part of it will always remain that part of it i think part of the, the thing that george and i were we're sort of struggling with, you know, was the fact that we are a music obsessed. We have been mm-hmm. since we were kids, you know, George and I are, you know, grew up together or he grew up. I kind of let him do that part. And I just stayed behind a little. Um, but we both were passionate about music from a very young age. And because of that, we go into other areas because remember music for, for me and, and and I know for George, it just it fills everything. Music gets into everything. I mean, are you watching any commercials with no music? No, there's always music. Are you watching a film? Are you watching a TV show? Are you watching right now on we're doing Instagram reels and we're doing there's always music added onto those reels, right? And Facebook and all that. There's music is part of our lives. It's it's tremendous what it what it is, right? And we felt that we weren't really diving in as much as we wanted to. We did a couple of episodes that we had so much fun with, you know, and this is really what started this conversation was that we did an 80s episode, I think, and we did, uh, I don't remember what the other ones were, but we did some episodes just around it around music. Mm-hmm. And we just had so much fun because it's, it's, it, it's what we know. It's, you know, it's very, very easy for us. And George and I can talk, I mean, right. I mean, we would be probably doing this if we weren't doing this. We would just do this and talk about whatever new album came out or whatever, whatever right. new album we talk about. We talk a lot about Steve Gadd and we talk a lot about, you know, of course, Kenny Aronoff, who was on the show, Steve Smith, uh, drummer for Journey, who was on the show. Um, we just do a lot of talking about music, musicians, and, and those guys. Um, Rush, of course, Santana, Clapton. We just we, we dive into all these conversations. So. Um, we can do this all day long, you know, and we felt we were not uh, we were not fulfilling a part of our own lives that really we felt that was important to have in order for us to still be excited to do the show. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And in part and a lot of it also. And John, we we talk at length about it is John and I do have a lot of interests. Right. We we music is music has always been the center point for us, but we have, you know, I'm in, I'm in the health field and John does film and, you know, we have all these other interests, but again, music has always been since we were teenagers, the center point. This is where John came to my house and we put together the drums and he brought his rock axe and I had my percussion plus drum set. (laughs) And, and this is how it all started. I still have the rock axe, by the way. Wow. And, um, yeah, I, I 
if I if that percussion plus drum set would have disintegrated by that time, yeah, <laughs> by no, that yeah, yeah there's no good. way. But it was a good starting point. But at least you know. So so when I I said that John, you know, you and I always meet in the middle at the mute at the at that part with music. Yeah. And this is where you know. So we need to. I think this is where we need to focus. Yeah. I think this is where we have the most fun, where we can talk the most about stuff together. And um, we, you know, we have great perspectives on it. And then the fact that we've had some amazing musicians on the show mm-hmm. and we've just, th- those were some of the most fun shows, as you said, plus some of the ones we did on love songs and 80 songs and mm-hmm. those types of things. I had such a good time. And those are, the, those are the episodes I really enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed all of them, but those ones specifically were very special for me. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I was, you know, I think that going in that direction and again, we're, we're going to be doing a lots of different things, but going in that direction primarily is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And um, I think also the, we were struggling with the fact that, you know, George has these incredible guests on his counterparts wellness show, right? He does a wellness show and he's got, he's had some amazing guests, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we've done shows where I've brought in, you know, uh, filmmakers and actors here, and we've had great conversations with them as well. Yeah. But it's always difficult for me to get in really into the health space, although I'm, I do live a healthy lifestyle and I do follow George's uh, advice. And I also follow his content as well, you know, um, because I like to I like to feel good. right? I like to be healthy. But at the same time, I, it's really difficult for me to chime in intelligently you know what i mean uh, i'm gonna say things like does the vitamin come in capsules <laughs> you know i'm gonna say things that you know it's just not gonna be the doctor and the these these are really high level professionals in their industry and it's just i feel like i'm really not going to contribute anything positive to the conversation other than like you know i do have my own stories of, of health and fitness yes. you know my own personal story as well as my family's story on on their on what we've handled and my 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 immediate family you know th- their health issues that that have happened as well you know i just did not have a lot of stuff to ask a doctor that was you know other than like how can i have more energy well you know that i can go on youtube and type that or i could just ask george i was going to say yeah <laughs> i'm constantly asking you know texting george for uh, for uh, advice on things so and then with film, it was the same kind of thing. George would come in and he'd be like, "Um, when you're on set, do they give you like lots of bagels? You know, it's really difficult. You know, how that question was you- there. I kind of I had to scratch it out once, but it was there. How close they put the camera to your face. Um, so those kinds of things were were for both of us struggling. Now, we both because we both get along. And we both love the conversations anyway. You know, we we get through it. You know, I mean, right, we do right. get through it. But it, it it felt like it was sometimes one-sided. Right. You know, it was one-sided. And like if it's a film, I'm doing all the talking. And then you're coming in as, as you know, as a, as a viewer of films. And it's the same thing with the health, you know. Right. Exactly. So that's doing those shows, which I'm glad we did. You know, I'm we glad did, we yes. did because yeah. I, it really did. Look at this. So I'm glad that we did that because it really did give us that perspective that we can now from outside and kind of look and be like, oh, you know, we, we struggled a little bit on this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that was was part of part of that. And, and I think also there are people that I want to interview that maybe aren't in film 
or maybe they're an actor or something that, you know, George may not have to be involved or he may just not really interested in that, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing my own counterparts, you know, more film stuff and more uh, in that world. And George will continue his wellness shows. And this way we have even more content coming out. We will always come together and do this show. And the interesting thing about this, and George, we talked a little bit about, about it as well, about the fact that a filmmaker has to, like Scorsese, I'll give you a perfect example. When he's doing, um, uh, he's shooting, no, he's editing um, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And he tells the, the, the guy who's editing, he goes, write down cream, write down cream. And the guy's like, what? He's like, just write down the word cream. So he's like, okay. So he, he writes down the word cream. He's like, what? It was the music, cream. And there's that scene where dun, 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 dun. And you see him smoking. You see De Niro. Right. Dun, 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 dun. So he, he, in his mind, he's thinking with music already for the film yes. as they're editing. So <laughs> is film and music a one thing that go to well together? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like chocolate and peanut butter. It's like Hall and Oats. <laughs> You know, it's like air supply. Um, so, yes, it's very, very important. So there would be a, a, a time when, you know, I would tell, hey, George, you know, this this guy's coming out. He's also a musician. He, he and he's just made this film. Right. You want Of course, let's do the let's do the let's do it. You know what I mean? And so we're going to be taking it on a, a on a guest by guest basis. It'll always be counterparts. It'll always be, you know, um, at this time, George is actually going to be doing more on, I believe, Thursday nights. Um, your counterpart's wellness is going to be mm-hmm. coming out. Um, and it will, it will be a lot. It won't be, he won't, uh, will you be live? No, you won't be live, but it'll be live. It, it'll be live. Yeah. It'll recorded. be live there, yeah. but I, I won't be there, mm-hmm. but it'll be recorded and put on live. Right. And you can always ask questions as well. Yes. And you always, yeah. always answer those questions. Yeah. So, uh, that's going to be on Thursday nights, uh, mm-hmm. counterparts wellness. And that's going to be a, we're going to have a launch for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my stuff where we're going to be, I'm, I'm heading to, um, I guess I could talk a little bit about going to New York. Um, I'm going to New York. Been, uh, it's been almost two years that I've uh, been to New York or Bayonne, New Jersey, where I was. Um, I'm, I have I, I put a couple of video uh, photos together. So if you're in New York and you're a friend and you want to come, or if you're an enemy and you want to come to, um, this is actually where I'll be. Um, I'm going to arrive tomorrow, actually. On the 15th, there's a, a fancy red carpet event, which I'll, which I'll go to and have a, have a little bit of fun on that. Um, and then there's, uh, on the 17th, uh, my film, and on that day will be uh, showing it from 7 p.m. to um, 9 p.m. is a block of films that are going to be showing. Um, you can get tickets um, if you go to my website, johnhenrysoto.com, right at the top there. You can actually just get your tickets for, for the, uh, for the film and join, join me. Um, this project is just about ready to wrap up. Uh, I don't know, maybe, I think it's maybe two more uh, festivals that I've submitted to that I'm waiting on. Um, but I think that that will be it for this one. And you can see, I'll show a couple of photos of, uh, of me actually working on this seems like another, like another lifetime. <laughs> um, but I had so much fun working on this project and, uh, just, the the cast and the crew and everybody involved was was just so on board and you know it was it was just a lot of, a lot a lot of fun so um, I'm excited to go back to New York I'll be there 
for about four days. Um, I'm going to be staying in Bayonne, New Jersey with, with a friend there. And then I'll be uh, going in and out of New York City uh, for the for the different events and stuff that are going on. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to be um, not rebranding counterparts as a whole, but kind of rebranding a little bit of what our, our purpose is. And it is something that we've always heard too, right? People always say, what's your niche? You need a niche yeah. or a niche or niche. a niche, niche. or a niche. You need a noosh, whatever the hell. Everybody kept saying that. And George and I were like, but we have so many interests. We like to talk about a lot of different things, you know. And But Joe Rogan does it. You know, and we're like, shut up, John. You're not Joe Rogan. Um, but we do have a lot of interests. But this way, we continue with our show, you know, um, and also we continue. We'll, we'll be able to also explore our, our side passions, you know, that we all right. that we both have as well. Long, long ass, a lot of talking. God, I talk so much crap. You know, John, you, it's unbelievable. Doesn't he talk so much? It's unbelievable. Too much, People listen too much. to you. I'm out of breath. <laughs> so, um, did I show this? I like this. Uh, I mean, I made this. Made it's this. pretty cool. I like that. Cool, right? I like that a lot. Little I like drum these, set in the back. I like these colors too. Yeah, you saw the drum set you had uh, on the drum head. I do have a big head, so I. Yeah, this is a life size actually. I <laughs> it was something that when when they sent it, it was for scale, which I was surprised, and so was the artist. Their hand was so tired at the end of that. Um, so what else are we talking about? That's it. All right, folks. Thank yeah. you very much. We'll see you. All. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, we we are uh, extremely excited about about this um and one of the uh the things that we would also want is to have more interaction with an audience you know mm -hmm. we want to be able to uh, um expand the show so we're going to be working with more like pr companies to help us actually get the show more um branded better um i mean i, I like our brand you know what i mean it's too pretty mm -hmm. in the bronx talking shit um and to me, that should be that. That's our slogan. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's it. Our, that's our thing. But you know, we love to talk about very specific things. Music. I mean, when we started this, it was Star Trek, right? I mean, we. You're, we that's about, right. That's right. We talked about Star Trek. Trek. It was. We were that niche. Was it. Yeah, that was very very niche, and we realized that really early on <laughs> that there were a lot of other people that were have been doing it for like a decade. Yeah. Some of these people have been doing Star Trek podcasts and shows for like. A decade on YouTube, like one of the first ones that ever came out was like on YouTube. It's still out today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think you know overall, I think we're better. But listen, that's one of those things. <laughs> you know, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? You know, I just think that um, the way we approached it, all the guests that we had on during the Star Trek episodes, and we did fifteen of them, just so everybody knows, we did fifteen wow. episodes that you can watch. We had some great guests on there as well. Um, but I think part of the, what we realized on that episode was that we had a lot of opinions on so much Star Trek detail, but it was, a lot of it was emotion, mm -hmm. right? A lot of it was yes. the impact that it had yes. rather than like just the show overall. And I think that's right. one of the reasons why we, the tagline for that block of, of shows were, um, 
building a bridge between Star Trek, Trek and, everything, and everything, else, everything else, right? And building a bridge, the bridge, Star Trek bridge, everybody get that? Building a bridge between Star Trek and everything else. And it was because Star Trek for us, like always impacted our lives. And we yeah. talked about it very philosophically, philosophically, mm -hmm. uh, when we were talking about life and Star Trek and, and episodes. So, and it's, it's evolving and that's what yes. we're doing. We're still evolving as a, as a brand, as a show, we're learning more about how to properly do this. And, um, and when we're happy, when, when we do our best is when we're the happiest covering, or yeah. if we have a guest and we've had some great guests, right. That are not in the musical space, but just real, we talk about them all the time. Like, like, like Oba Batunde was, it's not necessarily, I mean, he did do singing cause he did, mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, he had, he played a uh, Sammy Davis jr. Right on Broadway. And, and he sang on this show, by and the he way. sang on this show as well. <laughs> and, uh, that's really uh, just a great, great, great guy, but a great guest, you yes. know? Yeah. And we talked about everything, you know, yeah. we had, um, um, we had Annie Lavin on our, a, a while back and just so much energy and positivity and everything. Yep. We'd, we'd love to have her back again because she was mm -hmm. great. Um, and so there were guests that were in that space that we just love and will always be on our show because talking to them is just like, it's just so easy and effortless for us, you know, effortlessly. Well, <laughs> if you, if you think about a lot of these shows, even the old shows, like the old late night shows and stuff, they always had these guests that were always the friends of the show. Right. I mean, like it's like yes. Don, R Don, oh, Rickles, right. yeah, Don Rickles going on Carson, for example, they had these core people that would always come back and say, yeah. Oh, I love having you and stuff like Jimmy that. Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yes. Jimmy exactly. Stewart was a guest always on the tonight show and, and Johnny loved Jimmy and he would come on and, you know, as the years went on, cause I watched it for many years, you know, you see him get him, talking a little slower slower and he had right. some really just so much and he would do his poetry because he had he mm -hmm. wrote poetry books but yeah they were always on uh on those shows you know and, right. and I, yeah don rickles is funny i was watching i just one just popped up today don rickles talking to, to johnny about about stuff um such a funny guy oh my God. but yeah i think that that's a really good point you know yeah. where we have these guests of you know these uh you know, friends of the show that would just come on. And, and, you know, a lot of times we also, they don't, we can actually invite people and they don't have to stay on the whole time either. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know, it's an hour long. Sometimes it could be long. We could just send out and say, Hey, you guys want to come on. We're talking about this subject and they'll come in and chime in on the subject that we've already chosen to discuss. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's really the ideal scene really is to have, you know, um, especially those guests that we kind of have covered them. We know a little bit about them they know us, they can come in and we don't have to kind of get to know each other. Right. We can actually go into subjects, you know, yes. and really dissect certain things. I would love to have Oba Bartunde talk about current things that you and I have been talking about, you know, listing musical things like the Ed Sheeran thing, yep. you know, with, with Marvin Gaye winning that case and mm -hmm. um, the current music scene, you know, uh, we did talk a little bit about the uh, obscene scene in the music, <laughs> which is, bizarre you know yeah. it's really bizarre makes no sense um and some yeah so i think oh the ai music yes, you know, AI yeah. stuff that's that's mm -hmm. really been uh making just terrible terrible music you know and people trying to like make music with ai and this is so good isn't it and i was like no it's not it's got no spirit but there's a whole conversation right there yep yep you know, you, know you, you, you mentioned something about 
<clears throat> commercials having music. And I was thinking, I was talking to my daughter the other day about that. And I was, we were, we were talking about um, that. I, I was telling her like the history of that, meaning that they were jingle writers. Oh, 100%. They used to business. Right. That was a huge business back then. Yeah. Barry Manilow. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and now they just take, pluck an old song and, right. and they'll not only either use the actual song or they will change the song to whatever it is that they're whatever the product is. Yeah. Whatever the product Even is. More, yeah. And that's, that's what it is today. That's yeah. 100%. Know. Yeah. I mean, back in the days, uh, you know, Barry Manilow wrote, um, I am stuck on bandit because bandit stuck on me. He wrote that one. He also wrote, um, um, What's the, the insurance commercial? The famous, uh, oh, oh gosh, I can't remember it now, but he wrote a famous insurance commercial. Oh, oh um, like a good neighbor. Stay he wrote, he yes, wrote that one? Yes. I didn't know Barry Manilow yes, wrote Yes, dude, that. go on YouTube and he does on on his shows, he'll do like a little melody of all the, the, the commercials, the jingles that he wrote. And wow. some of them you'll be like, wow, that, that was interesting. I yeah. did not know that. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you'll hear a wow. bunch of them. You'll be like, whoa, he wrote that? Yeah. So, yeah, the music in commercials was was really a, a big deal. And there was also uh, a time um, when a lot of artists didn't want to use their songs because there was a little bit, you know, like like Paul McCartney was very, did not want his, um, his music on commercials because he thought it cheapened it because, you know, he spent... Yeah. That's his like his children, you know, and he wrote these these things with that in mind, and right, um, and then for them to see him selling, you know, you know some kind of a, a corn on the cob holder, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that, know what that <laughs> first thing that came to my mind, okay. but yeah, but you know, to sell that, it just is not really, uh, uh, but you know, Michael Jackson remember purchased his his music. Yes, As a matter of fact, Michael went up to Paul and said to Paul, "I'm going to buy your music," and Paul was like, "Well." All right, you know, right. he didn't take him seriously. Though. He didn't take him seriously. He was like, oh, yeah. sure, no problem. And he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna buy your music. And he did, he bought all catalog and he did sell some of it. Yeah, um, and that's why there was like that, that the shoe commercial. You heard it was a revolution. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it was a sneaker show, maybe Nike. Yeah. I don't know which one it was, but it was one of those. And you know, and finally he got it back. He got it back now, so now he's he safeguarded it. But there, there's a lot of people that don't have their music protected, so when right. you hear a song out there and it's like a popular song and it's used and they change the words to match the product and stuff, you know, then, you know, either the artist was paid a crap load of money. Yes. And he or she yes. is like, hell yeah, I'll sell it. You know, I don't care. Or he has no control. He doesn't own the song. It's owned by the publishing. If you don't, own, if he doesn't own the publishing, you're done. You know, it's, it's interesting. I've always thought about this in my head about that scenario. Let's say I own my song. Now, let's say for you, let's say you wrote the song, great song, you own the song, whatever, but this product or this, these people from this product come to you and they offer you a load, boatload of money to use your song on this, but it's not, but it's not a product that you would really want to endorse. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it? Never, never, never. Because I, then I, I feel, you know, you talk about phony. Yes, True. You talk about phony. True. I mean, there's your song, you know what I mean? Whatever the song is, and 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 selling, you know, something like like bologna or selling, uh, you know, a soda, 
right. you know, or, or whatever, you know, just something that I would never, ever, ever, ever use. You know, it's like mean, me I, doing a song for a pharmaceutical commercial. <laughs> right, right. Well, let me tell you something. And this is a, a again, I, and I know that there's it's a touchy subject, and I know that some people, uh, you know, live by by some of the medications. And I'm, if if they work for you, God bless you. You know, do well, live long and prosper. Right. Having said that, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all garbage. No, I mean, I would I would never endorse that, but. Uh, when I was in New York and I was actually had an agent and stuff, I would get sent out and I got sent out to a remember the purple pill. Yes. It was like for an anti whatever, uh, reflux, acid reflux, acid reflux. And so I got sent out and I didn't know it was for the, for that, you know, so I had okay. to go into the, into the, and I was like, Oh God. Um, I went in and stuff. Luckily I didn't get it, <laughs> but it was actually a, that just walking in the door, if you book it, it's $8,000 that you get a check for $8,000. And then if it's a national, you get money while it runs and you get right. checked in the mail every month, you know? Right. So it was like, it's a lot of money that they give you for these, uh, for these, some of these commercials. And that was like a while ago. So it's probably way more now. So, you know, I can, again, if you have no problem with it, you can do it. But like, for instance, like I wouldn't, any soft drink, I would not, Right. not recommend mm -hmm. now if it's the that the the kangen water whatever it's called uh that kangen kangen whatever it's called <laughs> yeah i forgot Kung, I, forget Kung, the name, I talk uh there's somebody now that i'm actually constantly uh talking to because i want to get one of the the machines but you know i would do something like that because i would drink mm -hmm. that of course you no know? of course that's why we that's why we have uh vitamin resources that's why we have wellness resources because we use those products exactly you know what exactly. i mean it, there's integrity Yes. See, that's the thing about the industry. If you don't keep your integrity, you think that you're going to take that money and live a happy life. Yeah, you have all the toys, you have everything. But as time goes on, that will start eating. Yes. And spiritually, yes. you know, and if you don't believe in the spirit, then let's just say physically. But spiritually and physically, your body will be eaten up. You will become out of shape. You will become uh, sick. You will not look good, and you can. I I, I don't want to name any names, but I could probably name you ten artists that I know that have gone that route. And if you look at their pictures before and after, not even a long time. And I'm not talking about 20, 30 years. I'm talking about ten years, ten mm -hmm. years before and after. You can see the mass, the 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 constant energy of negativity that they have on their shoulders by pushing toxins and pushing something that they probably don't even use it themselves you right. know what i mean they don't use it i'm almost sure that they don't use it but you can see them filling up with like something and going and you know and to me it's it's you know people will say oh man you know you know you do it for the money you know you do it for the money i've heard i've had people tell me that all the time you know whatever the money is i've had i had somebody recently just say well i mean the most important thing is that they're paying you right that you're making it right man i'm like and I was in my head, I'm like, no, it's not the most important thing. Is that am I doing good work that I can go to sleep at night? And I sleep great. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now I go to sleep. My head hits that pillow. I'm asleep. I wake up on time. You know what I mean? I have no guilt yes. anywhere in me about anything that I've ever endorsed, put in my films, stuff that I ever shot, anything at all. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but when you when you lose that integrity in this industry... You know, and then you're trying to keep up. Yes. Right. Because yes. now you just got a 
crap load of money, right? right? Now, where's the next crap load coming? Because you're prob probably living above your means, which most people do. Mm -hmm. um, they're not they're not investing. Um, and then you got to get that next one. So what's the next one? All right, well, let's what's the other purple pill? Is there another one? Well, you know, it's it's interesting if you think about I mean, think about the reason why a person get, you know, becomes a musician or becomes an artist and gets into music and starts songwriting and those types of things. You and I, right, went through it, right? Our whole focus was let's make let's it was was fun writing this music. It was and fun getting good. into the and playing it well yeah. and doing all this, yeah. and then eventually hoping to get to the next level, right? To yeah. get to those all levels. Think about it. Do you go through all that to try to get to that point where okay, now all of a sudden somebody offers you this? Well, should I just take that all that hard work that I hid and just throw it into that thing to make a, a whole load of money? And then just like you said, it's the integrity piece. Then I have to live with the fact that I just did that. Yeah, you know, and you just spent all that time. And I don't think you and I have ever talked about early on when we were just learning money. No, but right? what we did, no, we didn't talk about, we talked uh, no, about definitely getting good. No. Correct. We Correct. talked about getting good. Correct. That, that, was the, that was the number one priority, getting good, because the way I looked at it was, if we get to these levels that we want to get to, then we can get it. We can play with anybody. Didn't right. matter who it was. We can go on stage and play with anybody. And the music would, it would speak for itself because we would be good. But it's interesting because we eventually as a band got to places where we started meeting certain people that oh. may have a lot of influence. Right. Man. And, and then we had to sit there and make those decisions and say, do we, do we go that way? Yeah, and the I hardest remember. part was, yeah, I remember that. And I, I remember also that uh, not everyone was in agreement. You know, some Correct. people were like totally wanting to go with it. You exactly. know, you know, for me personally, you know, if I walk into a room, a studio, which you remember this time, we walked into this really nice big ass studio and we we're going to have a meeting with somebody. We walked in and all we smelled was weed everywhere. Weed, yeah. Now, mm -hmm. I got nothing against people that don't, that, that do that, you know, if they need that and they, they, that they, that they need that to to make them feel whatever they want to feel that's fine but it was something that i never enjoyed it also bothers me I'm, you know the smell is to me is too so i just and immediately i thought i don't want to be in that space right i do not right. want to be in that space but the bells and whistles of everything that we would have gotten you know they the the flashy the the flat the, what do you call it the shiny objects that were yes. we were shown made it very tempting to just be like yeah, let's just do it. And then we don't have to be here for that long. You, know, you could justify it. But that's you know? where it starts, right? That's because that's starts. where, the because then all of a sudden it, it gets, it can bring you to another level. Well, guys, try this. Right. Hey, guys, try that. You know what I'm right. saying? And it starts pulling you along into that direction. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's like, yeah, it's just one naked scene, George. I mean, <laughs> you're just a little nip. That's it. I just did it once. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, if you watch, if you, I don't know if you ever, if you watched um, Elton John's story, the, that that movie, right? I, I, I mean, haven't seen it, but uh, he, <laughs> yeah, you talk about. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah, like, but it was a, it was a rough. I mean, the, his, I mean, what he, the stuff that he did, and the stuff that he went through in that, even having a heart attack and, yeah. and all this and yeah. all that, that craziness, you know. Yeah. Well, he he was. Um, 
you know, uh, yeah, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. There you go. That's yeah, it. Rocket Man. I mean, you know, the, the thing Good about movie. it is that when you become that, yeah, that's a mm. that's a level that that's a whole other level. Right? Yes. That's like a, that's that other level. But when you become that, you get only surrounded around you, yes men. Yeah, right. True. It's what killed true. Elvis. It's what killed Michael Jackson. It's what you know. A lot of those were had to do with uh, drugs, also. Mm -hmm. You know, and yep. some. Uh, you know, we can talk about some medication that was prescribed on all those cases, and you can go back to Marilyn Monroe, Judy Garland, uh, Amy Winehouse, uh, Kurt Cobain, all medical me medicational people. <laughs> you know, uh, prescribed things, right? But they have yes people in their lives. That's yeah. all they have surrounding around them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And but somebody like Elton John somehow, and I think it, and I always feel that, that the music is just so in him. You know, he was just mm -hmm. so music. He was on that level that he was able to sustain all those things and be able to survive. But I mean, barely survive. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Because he but, was he was down that path. I mean, he yeah. was heading down he, that path. He told a story about how, because he was doing like a whole bunch of drugs, right? And he told a story of how he would, he didn't want any light to come into the room. Mm -hmm. Was that in the movie? I think it was, if I remember. Oh, really? I think so it he was. He stapled yeah. Yeah. the curtains to the wall because he didn't want one <laughs> yeah. bit I of light to enter. He didn't want to see any light. And I thought, wow, now that is a dark, depressing place to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and you think about how many people, I mean, there are artists to this day, you know, who are living it's happening right now. It's, it's happening right now to artists. Right this second. And, and you won't find out till a few years down the road when you find out this yeah. artist just passed away. That artist just passed yeah. away because of what. And you know, another thing, they may not pass away, but they, when you look at them, they look dead. Yes. There's some artists now, I'm not going to name the artist here. We will do a show on this eventually, and I will name the artist in the future. But there's one <laughs> particular artist with a beautiful voice. He had a, uh, he still has a beautiful voice. And he, somewhere, and then you watch footage again, not a long time ago. We're talking maybe 10 years. You watch footage. <laughs> so when Gallagher started, you went, to, no, but you, you start. 10 years and you go those 10 years and you see the evolution, the malnutrition, the body yeah. mm -hmm. looking down stat, the right. music, the voice still being good, but the content of the, the being degraded, a yeah. degraded being, you know, it doesn't, people say, Oh, well, he's so successful. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's funded. Mm -hmm. He's funded. He's pushed. Correct. Correct. He's pushed because he's pushing some agenda or or he's fallen into a group of people that are giving him a lot of love and support mm -hmm. and making him into whatever that thing is. Um, but I look at it like, yikes, like it just became very ugly. Something that I thought was so beautiful yeah. in such a short amount of time becoming so ugly and hideous and and really demonic, you know, right. you know what I mean? And, and really just you can see you know uh whether you believe in whatever you want to believe but you could see you know if if there's a devil he's involved right. you know that's what i got to say do you think that there is at this time and age because now music is so different than social media and all that stuff is so different do you think there is still a push for young artists who are coming up to to change them and mold them into 
this like remember back in those days where they it was like okay you know you you have to do this for the commercial part of it regardless of whatever you know you we have to make you commercial you have to change everything you have to change right. your whole thing do you right. think there is still a push to do that these days absolutely yeah i mean 100 i mean i'm not i don't look at yeah, it now money. because and part of the reason is because i don't i don't follow a lot of artists today as i used yeah. to back then because music is so different now but yeah whatever becomes pop and by the way there is great music being made i mean there, there is, is yes you know, there agreed, is great music made. Um, you just have to find it you have to find it and there's but yes 100 i believe that you know an artist would come in and if if an artist hits a nerve with the, with an audience and somebody who's part of the the evil syndicate gets a hold of them first you know gets a hold of them first with the money right then they can bring them into the dark and change them and they do it subtly you know it's yes. very subtle it's not something like okay you need to change this, this, this no it's very subtle they invite them to parties they have people around that look a certain way they talk a certain way they have a lot of money they you know they behave a certain way things are acceptable right you know evil things are acceptable you know and you get somebody in that environment eventually they're going to be like they just fall right in they i didn't say politics i said music right <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, almost, it's almost the same thing <laughs> it's the same group involved um yeah. but yes absolutely 100 that 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 goes on on the other side of it there are way more opportunities now for an independent artist to be successful yeah. and not need the the big it used to be with the big five remember the big five the big mm -hmm. record labels yeah. then it became the big four and then yeah. the three i think now there's two um <clears throat> you know those that those that system you know so there are opportunities now it's much easier to record yeah. it's much easier to get your music seen um you know having a, an epk uh electronic uh press kit mm -hmm. an epk set up set up today is the easiest way to go because you can pin it everywhere you can email it so there's a lot more opportunities for independent artists the problem is that they're not looking at the opportunities and there's something that i'm actually dealing with right now i'm managing someone right now an artist and i'm i'm working with my my own group that i'm playing with as well and a few other groups that sort of pseudo manager right um but i'm dealing with this right now where they're not looking at people they look at the big picture right and the big picture contained lies mm. so if you're constantly looking at the big picture you know you have to look beyond the big picture right you know but in order to look beyond the big picture you have to look a little smaller and look in you know right. the the saying where it says um uh, think, you know, think globally, but act locally. Yes. Right. Yes. That's, that's a real thing. Mm. You know, get your own space hooked up. You know, I talk about leverage, right? we talk mm. about leverage on our, on a thing that George and I will put out probably in, in 10 years. And we are uh, this, when we put, when we put this, our, our healthy artist blueprint, we will get it done. Promise everybody. But in, in that, that L in, in healthy is for leverage. Yep. And the, the thing about leverage is that, you know, an artist thinks about how can I get to the next step and thinking that the next step is the leverage. Yeah. That's not where the leverage is. Mm -hmm. The leverage is where you are. Right. 
get the leverage where you are, where you're sitting, get the experience where you are so you can use what you currently have to then get to that next level. So if you're an actor, you act and get a reel together and get a good, solid reel together. Now you have a little bit of leverage within that scope. Now you can go out and, and send it out to more places, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a band, um, record a high quality recording. You can do that now fairly cheaply. You can go to a studio and record your band live, performing with lights and everything. We did Not it in the house. <laughs> we did it. We did. We did, we did a whole recording in our house, and this yeah. was a long time this ago. This was in the nineties. Yeah. Like, yeah, this was a long time ago. George and I sitting there with mixers and stuff, mm -hmm. and we recorded uh, two records that way. Yep. Only one of them was recorded in the studio. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> you can definitely do it a lot uh, in, in at home um, for for and still get good quality, right? Right. That's exactly. your leverage, you know. Yeah. Then you know instead of saying, "Well, I want to get." Uh, a record deal, create a record company and mm -hmm. sign yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Create a record company, sign yourself. And now you have a record company and now you're part of that company. Now you go out and you take that leverage because starting a record company, which I've done is not easy. There's a lot of paperwork and there's a lot of logistical things, but if you get it done, you have leverage that you can go out and you can use that to, meet other bands you can uh um you can leverage that to to network with uh venues to mm -hmm. tell venues i have this record label i'm trying to get a lot of bands involved is it okay that i do a showcase at your venue i'll supply everything they're gonna a lot of them are gonna say yes no All it's true yes. it, it it's very true but it's also if you think about it okay even even taking a step back from the record label and getting signed okay now, with all the avenues you have, look at what Kevin Kelly talks about. A thousand true fans. All right. you need, you, literally, you play your music, you can get yourself a thousand true fans. And they will buy your record no matter what. A true what, fan. True fan. Uh, define a true fan. A true fan is somebody who is going to follow you and buy, and buy whatever it is you put out. They're going to be the people that they, they're going to be like how I followed Rush. Rush could have put they could have banged on spoons and, and forks and I would have bought the album because Correct. I was just a true fan. And it's interesting if you listen to Kevin Kelly when he talks about it, he says you could be your niche could be the most obscure thing in the world. But because if you think globally as how many people in the world there actually are. A thousand true fans is nothing. Okay. Yeah. You will still find a thousand true fans that will follow you, even if your thing is so out of this world, because yeah. that's just how things work. And now with social media and all this stuff, even before you get signed, you could have a whole fan base, yeah. you know, who will follow you doing anything. Yeah. You know, it's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have to use the platforms. I think what happens is that there's a discouragement because they're, you know, you have to be then subjected to see um artists that are maybe degraded but have millions and millions of followers right and that upsets an artist that's genuine an artist that really wants to do something and spread positivity or 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 you know positivity is you know i don't mean positivity in in the sense like you know like a christian group or something i'm talking about good quality music music has conflict in it so does film there are evil people in films right, right. and it's a good film 
Right. I, I love the film, the, the, the mob movies, right? These right. are not great people. These are bad people, right? But there's a conflict there. I enjoy that that kind of uh, that kind of cinema. Does that mean that those people that are making that are evil? No, they're telling a story. It's a narrative. It's a, it has a purpose to it. Some people may not like it. Some people love it. But but my point out is it's not. It's, it's that they're making something that's creative, that's artistic. Right. Yes. That's that's pretty to look at. That tells a story. That gets you engaged. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the song. You know, you need to have those elements first. Right. You know, um, mm -hmm. if you have that and you keep that integrity and you keep mm -hmm. putting out these kinds of songs, you will have a significant, you will have a, an impact. Yes. The problem is when they see that they try to then emulate that or they try to then copy someone that's doing something that's being very successful. And this is what to your point earlier, if you see an artist that just gets like five million followers on TikTok and they're doing something and they got a banana on their head and it's a new banana dance and stuff. They're going to be art artists. They're going to be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll put a, a, a kumquat on my head. Correct. Maybe I'll put a, you know, a banana reverse or a green banana. And then and then guys with money would be like, hey, let's get that girl who likes to sing. Let's put a banana on her head, right. you know, but make the banana pink and then have her dance the way this other person did and right. have the same kind of music. You know, right. the, the same beat over and over. Um, and just put that out, you know, and some of them are successful, but longevity, they don't yes. have longevity. Right. They sink within a couple of years. The hardest thing to that. do as an artist or as, you know, any kind of artist is to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's right. the, the hardest thing to do because you're always, your, your mind is always going beyond, right? Your mind is always, but I can get here, but that's the goal, but that's the, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And then part of the problem is if you get sucked into that you start changing the main thing constantly and then you lose the, and you the lose you lose right you're off the path right yeah. and the way i thought about it and it's funny because it took me years to kind of think about it later on as far as music or podcasting or whatever is just keep the main thing the main thing just do the thing just do it just and keep we, doing we, it. yeah right and we're learning from this because yes we, absolutely we've actually had like the idea of doing the Star Trek thing. And then we went into something else. And then we were thinking about just doing, uh, uh, I don't remember what the hell we were doing, but just a lot of different ways. And, you know, I think part of it is like, what was it that connected George and I at right. the beginning the most, you know, it wasn't Star Trek. Nope. It was music. Music was the one thing that connected us that we could just talk about anything and it always came back to music. Exactly. You know? So that's when we, we kind of like now realize that, you know, don't change the path, you know, stick to what you know, stick to the first thing that excited you. Yes. You know, stick to the first thing that you were like, oh, my God, you know, that first time that you the first time George and I, I played chords and he actually was, <laughs> was the, you know, the ride. <laughs> the snare and the bass drum were all doing exactly what they were supposed to do. And I was hitting the chords exactly the way. And we were all on time. And we yeah. were like, we could do this. We looked at each other like, this is a possibility. You know, yes. that moment that excitement has right to there. live forever. It's that, that feeling, moment. right? It's it's interesting when you think about it. Whatever whatever you're starting, it's it's that feeling when you first started and you see the progress right there, and, and you're like, oh, it's the one of the best best feelings it's in the, the world. Best feeling, but in the it world. it also 
it, it, it almost keeps you up because you, you can't wait to get up and do it again. Right. You right. know, and, and I, think I, it's, I, re it's, I remember it's, that. Yeah. And it's part of the reason why I think some artists maybe go to the dark side because they're, they, they don't want to lose that. And yeah. somebody's promising that they're going to continue that, but they right. don't, it's all fake. It's all smoke and mirrors. You know, um, it's not the real, real thing, you know, exactly. Um, but you can find a lot of artists. If you go on YouTube, you can Google all, you know, their first auditions for different people. Um, I just saw a thing, a clip on, on Instagram, and it was uh, one of the first things that Rage Against the Machine did in a, in a recording. Like they were playing at this record company, uh, mm -hmm. this record store. So they had records all around them and stuff, and they're just... It was the first time, you know, and there they are, like Rage Against the Machine. I'm like, whoa, you know, they're freaking kids, you know. And um, it's my, my son yelling in the background in case anybody wonders. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I will beat him later. <laughs> but, yeah, that first, first thing, you know, that, that, that exciting thing is what makes it. You know, it's what it's it's the foundation it's what yeah. you have to build everything off of yes you know? and, and that that's why go back and listen and that's why i admire and this is just me but i admire the artists bands let's say or whatever that i've listened to who've done that who've yeah. who've just done their thing throughout yeah. the years and like again we can talk about rush for example right rush yes. is a great example of this yeah. rush obviously a tremendous band okay but there are still people you can walk out of, in, in the middle of broadway and ask somebody who rushes there are many people who don't know who don't know. they are don't know. i've, I've they, run into that and i'm almost like shocked exactly right because why because they were focused on what they do great and the then those true fans that followed them everywhere right Correct. just like the deadheads that followed Correct. the deadheads right but they, they don't that, change their they had their cult following their correct. cult following and they didn't change just to try to become the rolling right. stones they changed because they they wanted it's whatever they wanted to do at that time and that's correct. what they did yeah i mean the stones are a perfect example of a group of guys that got together and just did exactly what they wanted to do for 60 years yes the ones that are still yeah. there yes um and that was it they just yep. did exactly what they wanted to do i mean think about it these guys are almost 80 they are they've been famous now for over 60 years they've been and, and i'm not talking i've seen footage of in the 60s of the rolling stones packed house right thousands of people screaming their name so it's not like they in the 60s struggled and then had a little success in the 70s and then they right. really broke in the 80s no they broke from day one yeah they broke from day one and they were huge and they're still right now filling up stadiums today um in their almost 80 years old you know but and they always it. they never change if you hear the rolling stones record a brand new one that yeah, no one, like you just heard it for the first time yep. you're not gonna say who is this <laughs> exactly well look at ed, ed sheeran now right who's yes who's 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 his the, still can sit there with a, just a guitar playing right now broke the record broke broke a record, broke, broke a record yeah. for eight, eighty-nine thousand people in in the stadium okay <laughs> unbelievable he got more than uh t swift yeah yeah and uh and just him and a guitar yeah i mean that to me is amazing you know what i mean but again it's the power of the and and i like ed ed sheeran i, I i've seen interviews with him i kind of feel like he's genuine yeah there's also 
a lot of history behind him mm-hmm. where you can see his tweet that mm-hmm. he had um, back in like 2009 or something. And it's him like playing outside and there's nobody around. He's a little kid and he's playing. And then it's on the bottom. He tweeted like, you know, um, you know, the future is going to be great. I just know it. I just got to keep playing or something like that. It's this old nice. tweet. And it's just him playing the, by himself. It's like he's got a little guitar. His family, his, his parents would bring him and stuff, and he would plug his little guitar, and he would play. And he was on Howard Stern not long ago, um, and he talked yeah. about about how how he was a terrible singer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He talked. They asked, and they said no. And, and there's a thing on YouTube that you can actually get one of his first recordings. Right. And yeah, he just he was at a rough, really really rough voice. You know, I mean, right. he had to train and. It, in four years, he went from there to uh, what, what's the song? The um, the A train or the A line? What's the song that he has? Uh, uh, a, yeah, a, I forget the name of it. But the yeah. name of the song. But um, yeah, from in in four years, he developed from that to having that number one song. You know, um, and so it really does take that that level of work. But here's somebody who found that voice and found that passion right. and just <laughs> exactly. consistently stayed with it. He didn't veer from it. You know, who's like right. that too is a is a, an artist that I don't think that I think because of his personality and because he was so, at, at he was such a, like a teen throb for a long time is John Mayer. Mm-hmm. John yeah. Mayer has a to me the, a perfect career. If I had to pick a career of someone, here's right. a guy who can go out and have his own records, sell, fill up places. He did actually. A, he just he's on a on a guitar tour right now. Mm-hmm. Just him and his guitar. Um, and he did the form in L.A., filled it up. I mean, like, ridiculous. Um, then he goes and plays with the Grateful Dead, you know, and yeah. Dead and Company. Then he goes yeah. and he he guests on other people's records. They guest on his records. He he has a great career. He, he He's in charge of right. what he wants to do. And when you hear right. him uh, talk about it, you can see that he's that he knew this from early on. And I know this because I have listened to, like, a lot of his early live recordings Mm. And, and at the end of one of his concerts, he says to the audience, and he's a kid, he's like freaking 20. It's a big crowd. And he's like 20, 21 years old. And at the end, he says, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to me and these little songs. Let's grow old together. I think that'll be fun. Wow. He said Look that. Look at that. Look at you that. Know? And he's now, I don't know, he's not. He's still not old. He's like 44 years old or something. But um, he was 20 years old. And this is his viewpoint that he already had that spark where he wanted to keep that ignited and he's going to live through that, you know? And I, and in my opinion, I think he's a great artist. And I, I know he had, he went through a little bit of a period where he was like considered kind of a, an arrogant uh, diva kind of a dude. I don't know. What's a a guy diva, Devo. (laughs) Devo. A Davin. But yeah, Devo. So I think that, that, that he has a great, a great career, but so we're going to wrap up with almost an hour. But, you know, I think that that um, what we're basically getting at is that this show is going to be about that moment that George and I played and realized that not only can we play, but we sound pretty good playing. We didn't look and at it and be like, oh, it's, uh, no. We yes. Looked at it and we were like, I think we, we can do this. And then, and then, and we'll talk about it as we go, but and then that moment where when we started there and then we started playing in a band situation and that curve that yeah. went almost straight up in a and matter we of a, few, a very short 
period of time yeah. where we where we went back to that and right. we played and everybody was looking at us like these you two guys just came out of from no, Mars. Yeah. yeah, and we did <laughs> veteran musicians, people that have been playing yes. way more than well, we but George and yeah. I found something that we were really just obsessed with. I mean, I don't think we we spend any time talking about anything else unless we were sitting down and maybe watching Star Trek or something. But other than that, it was just 100% music all the time. And we, it was, and it happened within about, I would say three to four months. And then that summer, because that winter we played, we learned, we got learned, did it. And then that <laughs> summer we went to go play in front of uh, other veteran musicians. I think it was your uncle. Yes. Some other people. And we were, people were like, People were so shocked, I think, that they were almost upset. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> they were, they was, they, yeah, they actually, somebody actually just like stopped playing and didn't know what, what, what to do because we yeah. were so far beyond <laughs> what they Yeah, were. yeah. And that's one of the moments I talk about a lot because yeah. I, I remember that as being a pivotal moment of me saying, oh, I'm going to be a musician. There you go. Because remember, my great grandma, when I, was, I told it so before, my great grandma, when she came over to visit from Puerto Rico one day, and I was five years old, and she was on the rocking chair, you know, the famous rocking chair. Yeah. And so she it had to be a reupholstered, and she came in and she sat down and she called me over. She's like, Venga acá. You know, so I go over there and she said, mano. You know, she said, Let me see your hand. So I give her my hand and she looks at it and she, now she's at the time. She's got to be in her 80s at this time. You know what I mean? She died. She was 105 when she when she passed. And she looks at my hand and she goes, you're going to be a guitar player. And I was like, oh, I was five years old, so it didn't really mean anything to me. I remember her saying it. And then uh, my grandfather was like, oh, oh, okay. He was like, okay. And then when I was nine years old, he bought me that first guitar. And those moments are what this show is yes. about. Yes. You know, those moments, you know, and we want to get those moments from our audience. Exactly. You know, we want them to tell us those moments, you know, the ones that can remember. I know if we had Keith Richards on, he may not remember, <laughs> uh, but he has people that will remember. That will remember. <laughs> we will have them on. Um, but, you know, there are those stories that have to be told from a lot of other perspectives we also want to do, we, you know, we've had legends here, right? We've had Rock and Roll Hall of Fame artists on the show, and we're extremely fortunate. But we also want to have young artists starting out yeah. because what are their thought, what's their thought process? What are they thinking? What are they struggling? What barriers do they have that maybe we can assist them with? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, that to me is like a huge thing. So we're also going to have young musicians on the show as well as bands. And um, and I think that that's going to be a, a wonderful um, um balance to the whole show you know right. where we're going to have the veterans we'll have legends and we'll have new artists that will grow to be legends you know correct and that's what we're excited about so all right we're at an hour we want to thank everybody for tuning in we've had some nice uh inflow of people we appreciate you guys very very much um we're going to be continuing this uh process and this uh growth on our show so uh but thank you for sticking around we love you as always we will see you again next week with another episode of Counterparts. Uh, George Batista, John Henry Soto for all of us here at Counterparts. Thank you. Good night. And as always, peace.